Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Justin Kolich. He is the owner and founder of Ann Arbor Remodeling, which he started back in 2013. Justin enjoys designing projects and working through every detail until they are completed. He loves spending time with his wife, two daughters, and son, and he enjoys playing basketball and working out in his free time. Justin and I had a great conversation today, especially around training and developing teams. And I think you'll enjoy this one. Let's dive into Remodeler Stories with Justin Kolich. Hey, Justin, glad to have you with me today. Glad to be here. Yeah. We'll give everyone a rundown. Who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? I'm Justin Kolich. Company is Ann Arbor Remodeling and it's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Right on. That makes sense. That's, <laughs> that's adding up. Cool. And what kinds of projects are you guys doing these days? We do strictly residential projects. Smallest thing we'll take on is a bathroom remodel up to a whole house remodel with additions on them. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Did you start the company or how did it all begin? I did. I started the company all, just over nine years ago. Just me. I have eight employees now. It's been fun. Cool. Yeah. So you said nine years ago, I guess. What prompted you to start your own company and maybe talk about that first year? It, it had been something I'd been planning on doing for quite a while. I'd been saving money and trying to trying to get enough knowledge, what I, what I considered enough baseline knowledge to start with. Started right right before I turned 30. First year was, was interesting. Started with one employee from day one. We took on a lot of smaller projects, painting and, and anything to, to keep working. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like that's how, I mean, how so many businesses start, right? You know, it's just, you got to make the plunge at some point and lift it off the ground. What did you do to get, you know, your first several customers and you said you you hired somebody too. Yeah. Maybe just talk a little bit about that. So I had been doing side jobs for probably nine years. So I actually had a decent customer base. I had the customer base. I had people reach out that wanted some larger projects. So once I decided to make the plunge, I just started lining up, lining up work and we've had work for nine years and haven't slowed down. So there you go. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What do you think, you know, thinking about those first few years, a lot of learning, a lot of like pivoting. I feel like, you know, you might discover, oh, we hate doing those projects. We like doing these projects. You know, you make some hiring mistakes, you know, it's like all over the board. What do you think are a couple like early lessons or aha moments that you kind of had to work your way through in the in the beginning? There's so many. Pick some favorites. <laughs> I, I definitely think specializing or trying to narrow down your niche for us was was pretty big because we would take on anything, which was fine to start with when it was me and one employee, but trying to train new employees on how to do carpentry, tile, painting, and different trades is obviously it's very time consuming and hard to hard to get somebody to become efficient at in a short period of time. So by focusing on 
For us, we focus on carpentry and management at this point. It's easier to train people. Mm-hmm. So just focusing on the type of projects we do and then focusing on the type of work in those projects that we actually take on. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. How far into your journey do you think it was when you really started turning away all the you know small stuff and kind of getting to where closer to where you are now where it's mostly interior and you know more remodel projects than yeah miscellaneous <laughs> so my memory is terrible but i would say probably we probably kept taking on painting jobs for probably the first three years probably three or four years four years in where we just stopped doing painting and things like that and my, my dad was a painter so I, I painted with him growing up so i had a lot of experience painting so it was very comfortable it was easy we made money on it but it wasn't really what i was passionate about that makes sense yeah Again, you mentioning passion just made me think, you know, you said you had been planning to start your own business for a while and saving up. Is it because you have a a passion for doing this type of work or why did you decide like, yeah, I actually want to own my own thing versus just being in the industry? I have a passion for creating things and I have, I I definitely have a passion for creating a team. And it's not that I couldn't have done it at another company, but it just seemed like, seemed like a better choice to start my own. Yeah, that's cool. I guess uh, around that passion of creating a team. How did you uncover that was a passion? I feel like that's pretty unique. That's a good question. You know, I played I played basketball growing up. I always liked being part of a team. I never liked doing individual sports like wrestling or tennis. And it, it's kind of just, just been part of who I am. The last company I worked for prior to starting my own, I ran, ran a small team, people that I brought in and it just, it just kind of uncovered itself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Organic that's cool. Way team sports, gosh, you learn so much about, you know, leadership and cooperation and, you know, going through tough times and tough, tough moments together, oftentimes bringing it together and, you know, stuff like that. And playing different roles. You're not always the star. Sometimes you are, but learning to play different roles and doing, being an amazing role player, whatever your role is. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So I I guess I'm curious to learn a little bit more about your team and your team dynamics, you know, just because you so do you had a passion for that? Do you guys like have anything culturally that you guys have built that you feel like is pretty cool or you have a set of core values or the way you guys work together? I'm very choosy and slow when it comes to hiring people. And I think I've been lucky to just bring in the right people that seem to mesh well together. I don't, wouldn't say we do anything out of the ordinary. We just work together well. We're all good people. Several of the guys weren't carpenters when they started. They were professionals in other industries when I brought them in and trained them to be a carpenter. So just Hiring the right people, the rest is kind of, uh, I wouldn't say easy, but once you get the right people on the bus, it's a little easier. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, that kind of that phrasing, just like hire for like who the person is and then train them for the skills, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, if if they have the right mindset, you can train them anything almost. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. Well, what do you think makes you guys kind of unique in your marketplace now that you've kind of become more established and, you know, you've carved out, you know, maybe a little more of a niche and that sort of thing. All of us as a team really care about what we do. We care about delivering a great client experience and and we treat people as we would want to be treated if we were having our our house remodeled. We all work together well with our subs. It's just a fun, nice atmosphere to be around. There's no tension. There's no tension between us and the clients. There's no tension between us and other trade partners. It's just a fun atmosphere. Yeah, I would, I would say that's that's probably it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good remodelers in our in our area. Those things are always really challenging. I feel like to communicate through like through marketing, and so I think my guess would be that you get a lot of word of mouth and referral because people 
share that that experience that they felt, you know, and they can pass it along. Is is that accurate or am I off base it, there? It is. And, and we actually get get a lot of referrals for the or not referrals, a lot of leads for the same reason from social media. They see our, our team atmosphere and they they see what we put out and we're pretty consistent of, of who we are and, and how we put ourselves out there. And we get we get a lot of leads for that same reason, but through social media. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, what do you think has been maybe like the toughest part of entrepreneurship as you like reflect back on nine years? Again, it's, 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 it's been very tough. It's, I think remodeling in general is, is a very tough industry to be in. And, you know, as, as we grow, there's just new challenges and new, the old way of doing things doesn't necessarily work for us. So it's, it's been a continual process. It has not been easy. But the biggest thing I think is just finding the right people to help help make it easier so one person isn't doing everything. Yeah, I feel like one of my mentors was kind of just talking about the job as an entrepreneur and wake up, look at his phone. There's always like an issue or a problem and get all pissed off and have to go in to the office and solve it. And, you know, and then you realize like, oh, if I just like, that is the job, it's just solving problems and moving forward. And, you know, if you just reframe it as like, all right, this is the like the list today, we got to solve all these problems and move through. And, you know, and so it's a good, good reframe, but you're right. Like, it's like, as you grow, there's always just different problems, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I tend to agree with you there. What do you think has been like, like a big win or milestone, something that, that you hit along the way that felt like really good, your chance to kind of like brag a little bit, or just like, I feel like most entrepreneurs, we just kind of are always future looking. It's like next thing onto the next, onto the next. And it's like, yeah, hey, you've probably done, you've probably done some cool stuff. <laughs> I'm mostly just, just proud of our, our team. It just keeps getting better. We're just growing slowly. We're taking on cooler projects. We have a, a really cool project going on right now, but it's just, I take satisfaction in small bathroom models, you know, as well. We just keep getting better and, and we're happy. You know, every, everybody's happy. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm, I'm proud of is like people want to come work here. That's it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's a great accomplishment for sure. Speaking of projects, you said you're working on some cool ones. There's always like a wacky one or a weird client story or or something that's come up. Anything coming to mind? Obviously, you can leave names and stuff like that out. But so same way with choosing employees, I've been very choosy choosing clients. We haven't had any any really weird or wacky ones. 
We did have one client who at the, at the beginning, before we sold the job, he said he was very picky and he stuck to his word. And, <laughs> and I think it was a little, a little more challenging on our guys than, than typical for sure. But he ended up, you know, leaving a five-star review, being very happy. But that was definitely a challenging project. And we ended up doing another project for him as well. But, but okay. we haven't had anybody real crazy or real weird. <laughs> That's good. So when he said he was picky and then you said he upheld his end of the bargain on that, like, do you have examples of like how that, you know, showed itself throughout the project? It was just over every decision. And that project was an outside designer that we were working with. And some of the items were, I would say, vague. So we still had to determine some of the details, dimensions. And he was just a very smart guy. And he, he, it took him, it took him some time to wrap his head around things, but he was very smart and he was very picky. Yeah. <laughs> but we worked, we, you know, we worked with them and it ended up being an amazing project. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you went down that path a second time, I mean, I think it's good. It shows that, hey, everybody knew what they're getting into, but it was still a good outcome at the end. So, you know, that's cool. What's the future look like for you guys? You said you mostly do interior projects now, like bathroom up to, are you more of the same or do you have like a a vision for the next like three to five years of how you kind of want to morph it a little bit? I think, I think we'll, we'll grow a little bit, but just keep, keep getting better at what we do and just, Continual slow growth. I don't see us taking on new construction. I like the lane we're in. We're good at it. I really enjoy it. We're just trying to keep getting better and adding adding the right pieces, you know, to our team. Yeah. And when you say getting better, what does that look like for you? I think one area would, would be amazing if I didn't work all the time. <laughs> I work a lot of hours, so just putting getting, in some long hours. Yeah, getting some more systems in place and getting better so we can handle the volume and just so it's more more streamlined. Yeah. On the client end, everybody is very satisfied. Sometimes I feel like I have to work really hard to get there though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. What are your main hats that you're wearing right now in the business? I do sales, estimating, and project management or production management. I recently hired a production manager, but it's a transition. He hasn't taken over fully yet. So I'm yeah. still involved in production. Yeah. Hopefully that will that will relieve you of some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prior to that role, which probably is still like playing itself out, do you feel like along your journey, there was like one hire that was like a real inflection point that like either freed up your time or just was kind of like game changing in the way it shifted your company where like, oh gosh, we were finally able to fill this role or maybe it was a person and a personality or something like that. It's actually probably been, been several roles. The first one, the first hire I had that was pretty game-changing was hiring a, a carpenter with 30 years of experience, just seeing how he did things differently, learning from him, being able to take on two jobs at a, at a time instead of one. So that was probably six years back, five or six years back. That was that was pretty awesome. He was able to train other people and I didn't have to be the one with all the answers. And then later on, hiring a, a, a project coordinator to help with some of the behind the scenes pre-production stuff has been pretty huge. Yeah, it's so interesting. I feel like whatever that journey looks like, there's always like one or two of those roles where you're like, gosh, I should have done that sooner. Or should, yep. you know? <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's cool. If your experience is similar to mine, like having that production manager, like somebody that's running operations that you can focus on like growth, that was game changing, you know, yeah. literally night and day, you know, so, but it is, it was like an 18 month transition, you know, yep. training and passing stuff along. So that's cool that you're, you're in that right now. Yeah. Well then I guess a, a couple of questions just to kind of like wrap up around the industry, you know, right now we're going through some challenges just industry wide. 
you know, supply chain, labor, all that kind of stuff. Is there anything that you're seeing that we all need to be thinking about as an industry and actively trying to solve and not just like pointing out like, this is a problem and I hope it gets better, you know? So I'm not an economist and I'm not going to talk about high interest rates and, (laughs) you know, housing prices and all that, but I think why not? (laughs) (laughs) it's out of my control. Yeah. (laughs) What I can control is trying to create systems in a business that I can bring someone in without any training and put them in a, in a situation where I can train them, give them all the right tools and teach them to become a carpenter in an efficient timeline. And I think we can all do that, but I think oftentimes we, we just cry that we can't find any help and we're expecting someone to show up with a truck full of tools and 30 years of experience. And that's not going to happen as commonly anymore. Creating an atmosphere, having truck tools and attracting people from other industries into our industry is really the, the key. And it's something that I feel like I have control on in my business mm-hmm. and it's going to pay dividends. So I totally agree with that. You know, it's always control what you can control. I'm curious, have you done anything or made any steps towards that? Like that training system where you're bringing somebody in from outside and like, Hey, let's, I'm going to show you the path to be a carpenter, like anything there that you've already done that you would maybe want to share with somebody that maybe hasn't started on that journey for themselves. So I did create a formalized apprentice program and then formal job descriptions from carpenter level one, level two, lead carpenter, project manager. So growth pattern, the apprentice model that I had has had a wrench thrown in it because I was sending people to a local community college through construction tech classes and they just closed that down. So I'm kind of starting from scratch there, but the framework's in place and just showing people what is expected at each position. I think has been very helpful and, and having the pay attached to it upfront so they can, they can see, you know, what each, each project or position pays and how to get there. I love it. And yeah, we need more of that. And it feels like more and more people are kind of talking about that and starting to work, work towards it, but it'd be great if we saw kind of a pendulum swing back from just like all big tech to like, Hey, there's other industries out there you know, that, yep. that you can make a really good career out of, yep. you know? So that's cool. One question to wrap up, Justin, I guess if you could pass like one piece of advice or some words of wisdom to other remodeling business owners listening, what would that be? Always think about the big picture and treat others as you want to be treated, which ties into always think about the big picture. Because even if you're a selfish person, if you treat other people nicely, it's going to benefit you. But just, you know, there's don't cut corners and just think about how this is going to affect you in three years or five years or 10 years. And that, not just today. I love that. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, cool. Well, Justin, this was great. I appreciate you carving out the time and thanks for sharing your story with me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.